0: Good morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 20, so you can turn there and have it ready. And then we're also going to be in Luke chapter 10. So John chapter 20 and Luke chapter 10. Just a real quick recap. Uh, we are in 40 days of missional living. Uh, week one, we looked at, we're going to look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, each of those occurrences of uh, of the Great Commission. We began in week one with, with Matthew. Matthew's purpose is to focus on the goal. And he told us that the goal of the Great Commission is to make disciples. From Matthew, we then move to Mark. Mark then tells us the method. The method of the Great Commission is to preach, is to preach the message of the gospel. Uh, That actually leads us then to the next one, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke focuses on the message itself, which is no less than the gospel, the gospel itself. And that leads us to today. Um, and that is uh, John, and John's focus is, what authority do we do this in? Uh, if yeah, he is sending us, then he is sending us in his authority. We are ambassadors on behalf of Christ. Uh, just out of curiosity, we've been doing this each week. Anybody recognize the song from the the bumper? Uh, the uh, no, again, you know, <laughs> younger younger generation. I don't have a clue. Um, that is uh, Kiri, uh, Kyrie, K-Y-R-I-E, uh by Mr. Mister. Uh, came out in 85. Uh, this one has, this is a great illustration uh, for our message, and here's why. It was probably the most surprising of all the lyrics that, that I've been going through. Uh, keep in mind that in the 80s, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the lyrics right in front of us of these songs. So as a result, um, you know, we mumbled our way through most of the songs in the 80s. We just kind of, you know, we're singing along. So, you know, kind of like, you know, I carry on the road that I must travel. You know, then we we built confidence with, you know, like the latter part of it. But most of it, we were just kind of like, we really didn't know what we were saying. Well, it's kind of funny. The reason we didn't know this, (laughs) the lyrics here, uh, or most of us probably didn't know it, uh, is because his opening phrase is actually in Greek. And so it was all Greek to me in the 80s. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that we would miss, right? I mean, unless you know Greek uh, are familiar with what he's saying, uh, then, you know, you just kind of mumbled it. And then you you chimed in at the point where he says, down this road that I must travel. Um, the word kiri is the Greek translation of the Hebrew name for God, Yahweh. So in Hebrew, Y-H-W-H, it's the name for God. It's, it's we, sometimes translated as Lord. So in Hebrew, we would say Yahweh, uh, or Yahweh. Uh, there's a number of different you know, ways to kind of pronounce. It's difficult to pronounce because it's aspirated consonants. But the idea in Hebrew is it's Yahweh, and then in Greek, it's Kyrios, or if, it's, if he is being addressed, it's kiri. Uh, so if you're addressing God directly, you would say in Greek, you would say Kyrie, K-Y-R-I-E. So isn't it fascinating then? So what do we have here? We have an 80s song where Mr. Mister is using the Greek name for God. But then, um, keep, well, let me share this real quick too. Uh, here's a good example, Philippians 2.11. You guys might be familiar with this. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, those on the earth, those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is kiri. There it is. There it is. There's the word. Kyrios or kiri. And so we have it right there in Scripture. It's the Greek word for Lord. And the phrase that he is actually saying in this song and I, it lays the foundation, kind of, you know, it illustrates really well where we're headed. Um, the phrase that he is saying is, Kiri Eleison. Eleison. Again, that's a, it's a Greek phrase. So what was he saying? Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, have mercy upon me. So when you we know, listen to the Mr. Mister song from 1985, and he opens up with that, you know, Kiri Eleison, it is literally, he's saying, you know, Lord, have mercy upon me. It's a prayer petition. So here's the key to understanding uh, Kyrie eleison. It isn't a prayer of, it isn't a prayer of, man, I messed up. Uh, Lord, be, be merciful to me. That's not the idea. Um, we might want God's mercy when we mess up, but that's not the concept here. When when you cry out as a, as a petition, Lord, have mercy, It is preemptive. It is ahead of time. It isn't a prayer of, I messed up and did something in the past. Lord, have mercy on me. It is, Lord, would you be merciful upon me as I go? So, in other words, it fits really well with our understanding of the Great Commission. Because what are we to do as we go? Uh, As we go through life, as we live life, We are to call upon the Lord and say, Lord, would you have mercy upon me? Think of it this way. A lot of times we often make plans, and then we ask God to bless them. Lord, here's here's my plans. Here's what I would like to do. Would you bless this? Instead, the idea here is that we submit ourselves to the Lord and ask him to lead us as we go. As we go, Lord, I need your mercy. As we go, Lord, as we walk together, would you guide my steps? So that's the idea. So with that in mind, now listen to the lyrics. Uh, this is what he says. Kyrie eleison, down the road that I must travel. Kyrie eleison, through the darkness of the night. Kyrie eleison, where I'm going, will you follow? Or, or will you join me? He's, he's asking others if they would join him. On, on a highway, on a highway in the night. So again, the whole idea is, Lord, have mercy upon me ahead of time as you begin to journey, as you live life. That should be our prayer in missional living. That should be our prayer for missional living. a liaison. God, as I go, I need your blessing. God, as I go, I need your favor. God, as I go, I need your mercy. Not, Lord, bless what I've already planned out for myself, but rather, Lord, have mercy and guide my steps as we go together. Do you see the difference? One is going in your own authority, and one is going in the authority of Jesus. That's the difference. One is you're doing your own thing and saying, God, just bless it. And the other one is, God, you are the one that's in charge. It's your authority that I go, and I need your mercy. I need you to guide steps. So with that in mind, let's look at John chapter twenty let's look at the Great Commission in John. John chapter 20, verse 21 and verse 22. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So John's Great Commission, his Great Commission account focuses on the authority of Jesus. And we're being sent according to his authority, not our own. So when I think about this idea of kiri alaison and the idea of asking God to have mercy upon us as we travel down the road of missional living, I want us to look at a case study. I want us to look at a, Where's an example in Scripture of people being sent into the mission field and sent in the authority of Jesus? What did that, what would that look like? What did that look like? And we're going to find that in, in Luke. And that's why I ask you to also look uh, turn to Luke chapter 10 but before we get there Luke chapter 9 verse 6 says this So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere Let me give you a quick backdrop before you jump ju- we jump into Luke 10 It's important to see kind of the things that were happening what was happening with the disciples So chapter 9 verse 6 you know the dis- disciples going down to town they're preaching the gospel Jesus then continues. that He feeds the 5,000. Peter confesses that Jesus is Christ. Jesus explains that he's going to be crucified and that he's going to be resurrected. So he's telling them ahead of time what's going to happen. The, Jesus then calls the disciples to take up the cross and follow him. Jesus is then transfigured on the mount. A boy is healed. Jesus again reminds the disciples of his death. And then the disciples begin to argue over who's the greatest. And then what we see is this, that a Samaritan village rejects the Savior, and the disciples want to call fire down from heaven and just burn it down. And Jesus expresses again the cost of discipleship. So did you notice how hard it was to, uh, for the disciples to remain focused on the task of this, this kind of run-through of the Great Commission? <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, we're getting ready to, you know, be commissioned, and this is our practice run, and uh, it was hard for them to stay focused. They were, they were consumed with who's the greatest, and hey, they didn't respond very well. Do you want us to burn down the city? Uh, by the way, this is a practice run for the Great Commission, right? The disciples naturally did what? They focused on themselves, and Jesus had to keep reminding them over and over and over in chapter 9 of his death and resurrection. So then we turn to Luke chapter 10, and that's where we're going to spend our time. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out 72. He sends out 72. Now, your translation, uh, some, some translations, trans, by the way, might say 70. Some say 72. Uh, some manuscripts say 70. Some others say 72. I'm going to suggest 72. And the reason why is because every time Jesus sent them out, uh, there, it was always in terms of a multiple of 12. Um, So it it made sense. Not only that, in Genesis 72 is often a picture of the whole world. The reason I say that, Genesis chapter 10 tells us that there were 72 nations in the entire world at the time. So it was a a picture, it was a symbol of the entire world. So let's read Luke chapter 10, verses 1. Uh, Let's start with uh, chapter 1, or verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 72 others also, and sent them two by two. Are you following? You remember the, the whole illustration that we are, we're not on this journey alone. We're, we're to be in tandem. After these things, the Lord appointed 72 others also, sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Key point number one for us this morning is this, that missional living begins with gospel-centric prayers over the harvest. Missional living begins with gospel-centric prayers over the harvest. The activity of prayer is to be an expression of the gospel. Uh, I want to encourage you, how does the gospel influence your prayers? What I mean by that is if you think about the four themes of the gospel, creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration, and we begin to think in terms of how does that impact how I pray? uh, Think about creation. Um, How does that impact your prayer? You You could simply say, God, thank you for creating me. Uh, Lord, thank you for this wonderful, you know, beautiful world that you have created. You've created all things. And God, thank you for creating me in your image. Did you know that you were created in the image of God? Unlike anything else that God created, he created you in the very image of God. And you can begin to pray a gospel-centric prayer by saying, God, thank you for creating me in your image. And then what is the fall? The fall is when we mess things up. The fall is, you know, mankind sinned, and it's impacted all of us. And we could allow that to impact our prayers. Not only do we say, God, thank you for creating me. Thank you for creating me in your image. Even though I mess things up, even though I've done a terrible job of, of reflecting your image, I've messed things up. I sin, and, and it's a, your prayer is, Lord, forgive me, even though I've messed things up. So we have creation, the fall, redemption, and redemption is, you know, recognizing that God is the one that redeems us, and we call upon him in prayer and say, Lord, even though I mess things up, God, would you, would you work in my life, forgive me, and work in my life, and help me become more like you, and that leads us to the fourth theme of the gospel, which is restoration. So when we begin to pray about uh, gospel-centric prayers over the harvest, we, we pray, God, that we acknowledge. God, you are the creator of all things. We acknowledge that we're inadequate to do things on our own because we have sinned. Our need for Christ is rooted in our inadequacy. But then what do we do? We call upon him. We intercede for Christ to accomplish his work through us. What is that prayer? Kiri eleison. Kiri eleison. Lord, have mercy upon me. We need you. I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself. I need you to have mercy upon me. And then we see the work of God displayed. We are conformed to the image of Christ. So we're to pray. We're to pray for the nations to be redeemed. We are praying for entire cities, entire nations, to to hear the gospel and to experience the redemption and the restoration of the gospel of Jesus. Just imagine, imagine if every single week instead of, instead of walking in and seeing a room of tables, we walked in and said, look at all these opportunities to conform these tables into altars before the very throne of God. And that at the end of every service, when we, when we have a time of prayer and a time of response, that we say, this is more than a table. This is access to the very throne room of God. And it's an opportunity for me to pray, an opportunity for me to, to pray a gospel-centric prayer, the on, God, we can't do this on our own. We need you. Wouldn't it be amazing to see those pockets of prayer over and over and over each and every week as we pray over the redemption and restoration of our own community?